0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Down Ballot podcast. The show's live on Twitch. Check out twitch.tv slash Media. We're live basically seven nights a week there. It's a lot of fun, and I hope you join the now space. Also, join our Discord at discord.me slash ecoplex. Enjoy
1: the show. Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration.
0: Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. If you're listening to this as a podcast on Spotify or whatever, head on over to twitch.tv slash and follow us. Uh, I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me damn near anywhere.
2: What's up, everybody? This is The Councilman. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at T-H-E underscore Councilman. So look for me there for the spicy hits and the spicy replies and the spicy takes, um, but only when I'm really feeling spicy, which is sort of like right now. <laughs> so check it out is what i'm saying. Uh and you can find the rest of our amazing crew on our website at echoplexmedia.com Please uh tune into all the streams on Twitch. Producer Dave is out here streaming 7 days a week. Not quite 24/7, but <laughs> but he's working on it. Uh and uh, you got to support us uh, at patreon.com/ecoplex and give us some show bucks and obviously subscribe to the Twitch channel um it keeps this amazing programming alive and functioning and uh thriving for you listener and you viewer. So, and keep, keep it live in the chat. We love to see those chats. Also uh, check out our wiki. It's at plexwiki.xyz, all kinds
0: of great shit on there. Got a couple people contributing to it already. If you'd like to contribute, just uh, get in touch with me.
2: Um, yes. I probably will let you. Um, we, will, we will be building out the down ballot portion of uh, the, the plex wiki very, very soon. So please uh, feel free to, to send some suggestions our way um, for characters and incidences and and uh, threads that we need to make sure that we include there. Um, we know the obvious ones, but some some of your favorites, uh, feel free to, to to drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you, by the way, listener, uh, viewer. Uh, we, we know you're out there because I hear that you're listening and I hear that you're viewing, but jump into the chat. I want to see more of our, our local politicos out, out there getting engaged in the show because um, you all have, uh you have better takes than we do sometimes because you're right in it, you're on, on the ground. So uh, please tune in, please contribute and uh yeah check out the wiki
0: yep and uh just don't also remember local love the same night as this show 9 p.m pacific uh so you could do a whole uh san jose thing let's get right to exactly. it in leading off leading it looks off. like there's going to be one less statue in uh san jose we'll let this uh, news story roll and then uh maybe maybe if you know a little bit more about it than i do which is usually the case with these things uh, you can add some commentary i think that's what we do okay. here
3: and a controversial statue of a former San Jose mayor and captain in the Mexican-American War is a step closer now to being removed. After months of gathering public input, the Arts Commission unanimously recommended that the Thomas Fallon statue be taken down from downtown San Jose. The people who wanted the statue removed called it a symbol of the subjugation of Mexican and Native Americans. The city council will ultimately make a decision on the fate of that statue. Statue
4: on November 9th. I don't even
0: know anything about this guy or the statue.
2: Well, this is an issue that's been uh, up and down in San Jose for better part of the past 30 years. Um, so just a little bit of backstory. Uh, this is a statue that was commissioned during the administration of Tom McHenry, who was mayor back in the late 80s, or late 90s. Um, and it was meant to celebrate Tom is a very big history buff and, uh, but, uh, also very, very white and very, very male. Um, and so, uh, wanted to erect a statue to one of the first mayors of San Jose, Thomas Fallon, who yes, also served in, as a captain in the Mexican American war and apparently was responsible for uh, various atrocities against, uh, uh, Mexicans, uh, Californians, uh, the original, uh, well, not original residents The only obviously were the first, um, so the original colonists, the Californians, um, and also uh, uh, several acts as you know, mayor of San Jose, and in clearing San Jose of of Mexicans, apparently there was a uh, there were some shenanigans. Um, I don't know all the details, and it's uh, certainly there's conflicting evidence and conflicting stories. Um, but at the end of the day, there is an entire uh, population and community in San Jose that feels very offended by this statue. feels like it does trigger them and trigger uh, uh, memories and uh, history that. Um, is not very, uh, not really worth memorializing or honoring with a statue in their in their opinion. And when it comes to uh, these type of things, even if there is some sort of controversy or some sort of conflicting story, um, I tend to side with the folks who are victimized and feel victimized and feel um, feel that the, this the statue is offensive. Because I certainly, I'm a white dude. I you know I'm part of the colon- <laughs> the colonialization movement, I suppose. Um, uh, in retrospect, and uh, I I really don't feel one way or the other about this statue. I drive by it all the time and I don't feel anything towards it whatsoever. So if, them, if there are folks who feel completely offended by it and like, like it's an insult to their heritage, then absolutely we should take it down. And that seems to be where the Arts Commission and the City Council is headed with it. But it's taken 30 years. Um, there, it was in storage for 10 years because of controversy. It was erected and then moved. Um, and now it sits in a fairly, you know, a somewhat gateway spot to downtown San Jose. Um, it's going to get a lot more Eyes on it soon. So I think that's another reason why there's a big push to remove it. Also, you know, recent up, uh, public uprising and outcry uh, over um, colonialization and uh, Black Lives Matter and so many other movements that are trying to push back and become more anti racist and make our city more anti racist.
4: I'd have so thought. That's where we're
0: at. I'd have, I'd have thought on this. <clears throat> what if when yes, we so put sure up you. statues that are specifically about people, what if we put a fucking shelf life on them anyway? And the It could be renewed, but, you know, okay, we're going to put up this statue. We'll uh, revisit this statue in 15 years and see if maybe, because it's not the worst thing in the world to have somebody else make another statue and put it there. I mean, it's just more art, right? I mean, it's just fucking like you could tear down houses and build new houses. Why can't you tear down a statue? I mean, like things, things be changing all the time in cities anyway. So I don't see like why maybe the, the statues, they should have like a sunset date.
2: That's a very astute take. Um, in fact, so they don't necessarily public art in San Jose. This is a piece of public art that was commissioned by the city. It doesn't necessarily have a sunset date. Um, it does what it does have is a process for uh, for uh, decommissioning, which is what's happening now, right? There's been enough public outcry that it's sparked. There's actually a process that's written uh, as to how this goes, how this happens. It basically has to go through the reverse process of how it was approved, right? So eventually, the city council will have to, to decommission it, right, and put it into storage. Um, but there isn't, no, yeah, there's no sunset date. There's no, you know, uh, regular review, that kind of thing. They do an in- inventory regularly of the public art collection, but but it's mostly for maintenance and for upkeep, right. And for, for, uh, for that kind of thing, not necessarily for decommissioning. And frankly, this doesn't really happen all that often, although it's happening a lot more with like naming of structures, right. We're realizing maybe we shouldn't name things after people until we tell the full story, or maybe we shouldn't name things after people until they're like dead, <laughs> uh, until they haven't had a chance to screw up anymore. Right. Um, Uh, I'm looking at you, you know, Louis CK elementary school. Um, But anyway, uh, I I think you're right. Um, We should have more of a process to sort of relook at these things, look at these things on a more regular basis. But um, uh, as of now, it looks like this, this statue is headed for uh, the storage facility, or at least there was a movement to melt it down and sell it for scrap. There were some people that just wanted to melt it down. They felt that was the best, best solution. I think it's just going to be put into storage, frankly. And I'm sure some private collector might purchase it or put it in their backyard someday and, save it from destruction um but again i you know i think it's the right thing to do because i don't really see the people on the you know the pro side of of this guy you know making a you know making a big deal out of it right um, maybe there should be museums of removed
0: statues with a little thing about like why was this piece of art or why was this uh statue removed and then like some information about like w- you know <clears throat> why it was put up why it was removed that'd be like a pretty cool fucking museum i think
2: yeah. History San Jose has a park even that's dedicated to that kind of thing. Um, and, and sort of, uh, you know, b- uh, building out pieces of San Jose's history that you can actually walk through and experience. Um, so I think that'd be an interesting concept. I do think it should be included in, in history books, right? The, the, the one of the big points about this sort of, uh, renaming, you know, de decommissioning statues, tearing down, you know, the, the patriarchy and the white male supremacist patriarchy, um, is uh trying to get that history told right the full history told right so the the if we can get this into our history books like what the full story of this guy was right so that there is no doubt there is you know there are clear facts about what happened and what he did um that's really the problem is that no one really knows and we don't know enough about the history of these folks that we we lionize um because we're not taught it all the time right we're not taught everything about christopher columbus in school right um at least not in western school so there's a big push now with ethnic studies and other other um, movements to to make sure that we're telling the whole story to our children, to their children, so that uh, these kind of statues don't even get commissioned in the first place next time, because we'll know the full story and we'll find someone else who is more befitting of a statue like yeah. producer Dave. Yeah,
0: I mean, Germany tore down all their statues of Hitler and now nobody has any idea who that guy is.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You still need to tell the story, right? Like you can you can. Well, hear that's what I'm saying statues. is like you, you don't need
0: them. the statue. Yeah. The statue is not a history lesson. The statue is like a, what, what What a guy. That's what the statue is saying, you right.
2: know? Right, and that's what some of the proponents are saying. Well, we need to tell the, the history and we'll never know our history if we tear down all these Robert E. Lee statues, right? I'm pretty sure we'll know about Robert E. Lee because it's, you know, they're, they're, they're books. There's all kinds <laughs> there's of things that we learn about. The,
0: there's all kinds of things that we know the history about that we've never seen a statue of.
2: <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's what books are for, right? Read, read, a, th- read a book. Um, we can make more st- statues that are more abstract and more artistic. Anyway, we, they don't have to be about people um, necessarily. They don't have to be to celebrate people. Most of the statues actually in DC, if you go there, are you know Columbia and Victory and like these you know angels and and muses and you know they're not actual people, right? Justice. Um, there's very few statues like that, like Jefferson and and uh, Lincoln and others. I mean, Washington's monument is a big old phallus. Yep, I guess so. you l- you learn a little something about him. I guess. All right, let's move
0: on to winners and losers. Um, This is where there are no winners. And when somebody does win, it's to the person you didn't want to have win. And uh, we're going to continue on our coverage of the saga of the Millennium Tower in San Francisco. It seems to have shifted again. Pretty soon it's just going to be like, it's going to knock down the whole rest of the fucking neighborhood. Let's Let's see what our friends over at NBC Bay Area have to say about it.
3: New data reviewed by our investigative unit today shows the Millennium Tower in San Francisco tilted another quarter of an inch last week. The new sinking means the tower is now tilting more than 22 and a half inches toward the west, which is toward Fremont Street. But it's about what engineers had predicted, so the test last week is considered a success. The project to shore up the Millennium Towers Foundation and keep it from sinking further was halted back in August when engineers discovered it was doing more harm than good. A phase two of the test will likely take place next month.
2: Tear the building down. Yeah. Yes, save yourselves time and money and pain and lawsuits and just, Tear it down, cut your losses and go back to the drawing board because you're just you're going to pay. Whoever is responsible is going to pay so much more in the long run if you don't just figure this out uh, and just clean it up. You now, you're right. I I love that, though. It's it's leaning even more to the West now. But we expected that. So we consider this a success. <laughs> well, what exactly was the solution that, that caused, you know. Well, that would, would be a good idea to have it lean even more. Well, no, that, I mean, the test could have, the test could have been successful
0: by gathering the information they needed. It doesn't mean that the, te- the test being successful doesn't mean you're going to save the tower. It oh, means point. that the, whoever was conducting the, whatever kind of, uh, experiment or doing, you know, gathering whatever kind of information they could about the tower was able to gather the information they needed. That's a successful test. A successful test doesn't necessarily mean fix the problem.
2: That's a very fine point. Just because the the rover finds, you know, some sort of trace of life on Mars doesn't mean that there is life on Mars. It just means that it found the trace. Right, um,
0: and that's a successful test. Or if it found no,
2: if it found, yeah. if the rover finds no life on Mars, but the test went exactly as you expected it's it to, that's also test, a successful yeah. test, right? Correct, correct. Well, um, yeah, This could, so at this point, this tower could have its own bloody section on this show, frankly, just the amount of uh, effort that's going into it. Um, I mean, it would save, you know, infinite dollars for local news having to cover it, you know, all the people that have bought their condos you know, get their money back and save the developers so much money, all this work. I can't imagine this is very cheap to like, you know, run all these tests and drive pilers even deeper into the bedrock to try to stabilize the building. Like something, someone fucked up at some point, And it was very early on, unfortunately. So, You know, got to cut your losses at this point, but we'll keep following it. As long as they keep fucking with it, we'll keep following it because that's what winners and losers is all about. So this will be great. VTA
0: workers are trying to get some of that hazard pay, and it seems like the city's maybe trying or the county or somebody is trying to prevent that. I don't know enough about this, but we'll let uh, this uh, clip run here and we'll get some information from our friends over at the uh, from some real broadcasters.
4: They want extra pay for working through the pandemic, and they won't go unheard. VTA workers and supporters rallied at San Jose City Hall this afternoon. Rally organizers say VTA workers risked their lives by operating trains and buses over the last 18 months. And some have even brought COVID into their homes. They say the workers deserve retroactive hazard pay, but their demands are falling on deaf ears. Because it's
5: about time they paid. We, we, we deserve it. We've risked our lives. We've suffered. Our
6: families, we brought the COVID home to our
2: families. Why not
6: now?
4: Organizers say they have sent four letters to VTA since April of 2020, trying to negotiate hazard pay. Haven't heard back. VTA says it is actively engaging with employee unions to reach an agreement regarding additional pay.
2: Well, I can tell you what's wrong right off the bat here. They're protesting at the wrong place. <laughs> VTA meets at the county building and, uh, I mean, granted there are city council members that sit on the VTA board because it's a cross jurisdictional agency. Um, but the majority of their business happens and the transportation business happens at the county building, which is, you know, down the street a bit, but definitely not city hall in San Jose. They have no control over your contract. I mean, in San Jose, uh, maybe they got in San in San
0: Jose historically haven't, um, protest generally happened at the exact spot they're protesting out kind of regardless what the protest is
2: it seems to be the gathering spot i mean that's the intent right it's a big plaza in the center of downtown so yes it's it's meant to be that uh, that kind of gathering spot um it just seems to me that they're pro- the, the specific thing that they're protesting in this case um they're that vis-a-vis their contract um and there's a big plaza at the county building where they could easily have event. and there are events held and press conferences held and, and rallies just like that picket lines just like that For i mean if they formed a picket line it would be outside of vta's offices which are across the street from the county building basically next to the sheriff's office um so you know they're really in the wrong place to begin with but maybe it's better visibility and they could get more cameras there who knows and more attention um that being said uh, it's a he said, she said. So, um, recently the county passed, and you've probably seen some hubbub about this in the news. We'll get some video on it soon because it's made the sort of mayor's race um uh, headlines. Um, but the county approved uh hero pay or you know back, uh, bonuses for all of their employees um except for the the supervisors and the county executive. Uh, they're going to get twenty five hundred bucks woo um for the eighteen months that they've spent working on the front lines of the pandemic. Um, that includes the good wife. Yeah. Um, not that we're putting it in savings, it's going right back into the economy, but, um, as in, you know, credit card payments, uh, <laughs> but that being said, this is a big to do lately with County employees getting this. So obviously VTA workers who are not technically County employees, they're, they're managed by VTA, which is like I said, a different agency. Um, they're going to have to figure out where to get the money. Cause I don't know that VTA and transit agencies are getting a whole large uh, pot of the, uh, American rescue plan funds, which is what the county is using to fund their bonuses. So, and the city really is doing that too, as well. Um, so we'll, we shall see, but we keep, we'll keep an eye on it. But I do think they should move their protest down the street a little bit. That's yeah. just me. I'm a branding guy. Um, uh, they especially because
0: they, they could have done two. They could have done one at city hall and then one another day at the county. But I, I just think it's for visibility because that plaza is where, uh, if I was going to protest yeah. anything going on in Santa Clara County, that would be on my like short list of places to go. It'd be San Jose city hall just because that's the In hour. March. Correct. All right. So we got um, one more story here in winners and losers. This you said don't hate the cops unless you're almost a cop. And I think we're just gonna let this go. Let this this go explain itself. See what it is.
7: Dennis Shevchenko is free on bail tonight. He's been an SJPD community service officer in San Jose, or CSO, since 2012. They're non-sworn officers responsible for collecting evidence in burglaries and doing traffic control at accidents or crime scenes. But police now believe Shevchenko lived a second life filled with hate, including hate for
5: police. The San Jose Police Department received information from the FBI regarding disturbing and hateful social media posts that were allegedly made by a non-sworn employee of the department.
7: The police chief says the posts were made on gab.com, which touts itself as a free speech alternative to liberal social media and included many troubling entries.
5: These posts encouraged and solicited violent acts against people who do not share the extreme views of the author of the posts, and included advocating the shooting of police officers.
7: Police arrested Shevchenko that same day while he was on duty under a gun violence restraining order. A search of his home uncovered several guns, including an assault rifle. And while searching his locker at the police substation, detectives say they found another loaded gun. CSOs are not allowed to carry guns.
5: These allegations are extremely serious and are being fully investigated to determine the extent of any criminal conduct by our employee.
7: Shevchenko is on paid leave during the investigation. The department says officers are currently taking a behavioral threat assessment curriculum in hopes of identifying people, even in their own ranks, with extreme views that could pose a threat. Damien Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News.
0: (coughs) So at first I was wondering, like, how they like, you can't just go search someone's house because of what they say on Gab, right? Like, but if the house, if the home search was subsequent to the locker search where they found the fucking loaded weapon, then that
2: makes a little more sense. Right. I think the the timeline might need to be adjusted here uh, in terms of the storytelling. But uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit disturbing to know that uh, this dude had a loaded weapon in his locker. Now, granted, um, CSOs are not, as they said, permitted to carry. So at least he wasn't carrying it. He, he was following that while on duty. Um, but yeah, that's a little disturbing also
0: chat was saying and they, they they led with the anti-cop rhetoric instead of the gun charges like it's not illegal to be uh anti-cop even if you work for the police department they, they might be able to fire you there might be some kind of clause in your contract right you've broken no law um yeah i'm also real curious why they didn't like they didn't they said oh gab is just a, an alternative i suppose to liberal uh, twitter but they weren't like they weren't saying like what kinds of things he was posting on the alternative to the liberal to liberal Twitter or whatever. And I think that they might should have said that these, you know, I'm going to guess if it was on Gab, that it was like far right, maybe Boogaloo boy kind of stuff <clears throat> like calls, okay. to calls to action against like the the city, city employees be probably possibly because San Jose is a, like a liberal place. I'm just like guessing what what are the likely things that, that were found that might have been, you know, cause for concern. But the news certainly didn't say shit about what what he was saying or even like the nature of the things he was saying, you know,
2: digging deeper into the story. There are there at least the written pieces. um, There uh, is more evidence that he was you know propagating right extreme right wing views, but also just very violent views. And even, like I said, uh, uh, anti-establishment so much to the point of advocating for shooting and and hurting police officers. And I do I, I mean, I'm not entirely certain, but I'm guessing that violent threats like that are. If not prosecutable, at least you know uh, sufficient evidence for a warrant or for uh, for something like that. I'm not sure about the law around uh, around violent threats. Um, but he is threatening bodily harm to officers. So, um, but especially once they found the guns, that might have tipped them yeah, off. Yeah, once the, they found this probably someone you wanted to. I'm, I'm sure that it
0: went. Somebody tipped them off about the, the the social media posts. They went and took a look at his locker, found. a a weapon in his locker and then got a warrant for his house i'm so that that seems like the most like uh, likely uh like a series of events, of events.
2: yeah no I, I would say you're correct there um but leave it to our local news to to lead with the thing that's most incendiary the cop the cop who's calling for violence against cops um so yeah good news good news is we're not the only ones that hate the cops bad news is i mean we're not going to go shoot a cop necessarily no, certainly not. And
0: I'm guessing like if he had this kind of anti-cop sentiment that he was like, um, that there's going to be like some, it's not going to be like the three percenters or like the proud boys. Cause those, those people think the cops are on their side. It's definitely going to be some more like, like, a like advocacy for civil war kind of, um, kind of right wing extremism. Yeah, I've heard QAnon.
2: I've heard um, a couple of different things about this story. So
0: People just call QAnon shouldn't. anything they don't like now, though.
2: I know, right? That seems to be where we're going. Like Just like Antifa on the other side, right? Um, we're all Antifa to somebody. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> we will, we'll keep tabs on this. I'm sure that this will come up again when he gets arraigned and as more details come out about the story. Because this is one of those ones that's a little too spicy for even the local news to, to let drop after one story. So I'm sure there'll be more on that one. Um, so we'll, we'll follow up on that very soon for you, listener, viewer. Please send us any tips. If you hear any more, um, let us know. If you happen to know uh, the CSO, if you happen to know uh, more about some of our stories, always let us know. We're always looking for anonymous tips that we will never, ever dox. we will always keep your identity safe as long as you provide us with good information. If you lie to us, we will dox the hell out of you. That's
0: right. (laughs) We'll just forego the show and put your name up on the screen the entire time.
2: (laughs) Fed us bullshit. Stephanie, fed us bullshit. All right. Well, as we always do with winners and losers, we close with get your shit together because someone's always got to get their shit together in this town. Um, and, uh, this week I'm almost forgetting who we're asking to get their shit together. Rich Tran. Uh, Oh, that's right. Our, our good friend, Milpitas Mayor Rich Tran, who's I think a a regular winner of this prize. But, um, this week, I think a return after a brief hiatus. Um, but this is following up on a story that we had, I think either last week or the week before about this incident. Um, Mayor Tran engaging in a maskless gathering um, and getting now he's getting officially dinged by the county for it, but he's pushing back and he says it did not happen the way they said it did.
4: Santa Clara County has a bone to pick with the mayor of Milpitas. He's now received a formal warning after the mayor was seen without a mask at a public event. As NBC Bay Area's Marianne Favreau reports, it's not the first time Rich Tran has been accused of ignoring public COVID health guidelines.
8: The warning letter references the G-Bar here in Milpitas. The mayor says the county got it wrong and he's asked it to rescind the warning. Santa Clara County's Business Compliance Unit sent this letter to Milpitas Mayor Rich Tran on August 19th. It says the county has received a complaint that you potentially violated the county health officer's order, requiring use of face coverings indoors by anyone hosting an indoor event. The warning lists this address, the G Bar on Main Street in Milpitas. Mayor Rich Tran says he believes the complaint photo that likely prompted the warning was taken back in July when masks were not required indoors. The mayor declined to talk on camera but shared this email he sent to the county asking it to rescind the warning. In it, he writes, there was no indoor event that took place on the date of your letter. There was a karaoke event scheduled, however, due to the COVID risk, it was actually canceled. The county says it did not find Tran and adds warning letters like the one it sent to the mayor are generally a response to complaints submitted to the county's COVID-19 complaint portal. We asked Milpitas residents how they felt about the latest flap for a mayor who is no stranger to controversy.
1: There's nothing in the world would make him exempt. Uh, you know, if he catches what everybody else catches, I, you know, so no, he should not be exempt from nothing.
9: Glad he got a warning because, you know, I mean, walking around and if I'm not wearing a mask, you know, I'd, I'd feel bad. I'd get a warning from someone, I hope. Um, it's, it's good to see, you know, the people that are making decisions for us are kind of on the same level as us
8: this is not the first time the mayor's been accused of skirting public health guidelines in august he attended an in-person council meeting after being alerted that he had potentially been exposed to covid-19 at the g bar in milpitas the <laughs> owner of the bar posted on facebook at least 15 people were sick with covid today mayor tran told us he is fully vaccinated and committed to following the county's guidelines in Milpitas, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News.
2: So moral of the story, don't go to the G-Bar.
0: <laughs> I thought the moral of the story here was that if we wanted to um, go bother this guy, we know where to find him.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, just about every night, it looks like he's doing the karaoke, he's doing the parties, he's hanging out with the COVID cases. Um, yeah, Rich Tran, when he's gone, I just don't know what we're going to do with this show because like half of our docket generally is... <laughs> His, his shenanigans. um I do. Def- I definitely want to have him on for an interview at some point with that top hat. That would be fabulous. um but yeah, I, I I don't know what I think about this other than I, I've always wanted that guy to get his shit together, and he really does because he's gonna end up, he's gonna end up hurting somebody or getting someone sick, and it's not gonna be pleasant when the the poop finally hits the fan on this guy. um It's amazing that he got elected in the first place. It's amazing that he's a mayor of an American city in the first place. Um, uh or any city sorry shouldn't even make that a a disclaimer or a a qualification um it's amazing that he's a mayor of any city in the first place that he's able to get elected um because the guys joke but welcome to the south bay welcome to silicon valley welcome to milpitas what what kind of like he's wearing like a high school letterman
0: jacket in one of his pictures like what kind of what kind of fucking loser like where's their high school letterman jacket well into adulthood
2: his whole campaign was about that. It was about, I'm from Milpitas. I was, you know, captain of the football team or whatever. I was, I'm a football coach at Milpitas high, right? Like that's his whole thing. Is like Milpitas, Milpitas to the core. I was born and raised here, Jack and Diane, you know, vote for me. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's in, it's totally in line with his brand. So I can't complain about that necessarily other than it's a silly brand. (laughs) Um, because that's really what you end up, if you you elect the, the captain of the football team, generally speaking, I'm not begrudging anyone from playing football, but um, generally speaking, if you elect the captain of the football team, this is what you get.
0: Well, if you elect somebody who ran on the fact that they were the captain of the football team.
2: There you go. Ding. ding.
0: Like, there you go. Because like somebody could have been the captain of the football team and not be any of these things ever again you know what i'm saying they That's could be like true. the best That's mayor they just happen, you know but if they're just
2: happen to have been yeah yeah if their if their no, campaign absolutely. was like
0: i was popular in high school i'm gonna be popular in my 30s vote for me that person is a douchebag
2: vote for rich for mayor with two fours two number fours on like high hi, you know uh highlighter colored paper right handwritten signs around town right just like like we're running for student student body assembly or whatever, student body president. Vote for me and no, no more, more homework. Rich. Yeah, no more <laughs> no more homework. Free nachos at the football games. Um all right. Well, uh Rich, please get your shit together. And when you do, give us a call. We'd love to interview you anytime. So if you if, if anyone knows Rich out there, anyone listening, um, I'm looking at you, Marley, uh, you know, give us get us in there. Get us an interview with Mayor Rich. I don't know if he'd come to us directly because we're just kind of weirdos and you know, if you Google us, you might not like what you see. But um, if you introduce us as and give us a warm intro with some lovely lads who who run a very upstanding podcast, um, we might get in there. i you have to do is watch. You'd be like, nope. That's yeah, five seconds, right? I don't know. I don't get take that. Rich Trent is the kind of guy that does his own research, though. I think he might just like get an interview request and be like, yeah, totally, I'll do that shit. Uh, just because he loves to hear himself talk and get interviewed. So, um, but yeah, the G bar, watch out. Everyone in Milpitas, find another place to like do karaoke and drink beers. Right All on, right
0: on. So we're going to move to down ballot slash recall watch, although I don't think we have any recall stuff. They maybe trying to uh, recall uh, the gentleman in our second story. Uh, this story, yeah, I read the email you sent, and I have kind of did a little bit of digging around. And this story is, um, well, it's everything, actually. This is uh, out of Los Gatos. There's a, her name's Cindy Sheehan. I did a little looking into her. And uh, she's been uh, sort of spearheading a movement uh, that's not too dissimilar to some of the other kind of public comment stuff that we've been covering. Um, public comment is, by the way, the reason we no longer have a YouTube channel. So we'll let this, uh, let this from KPIX 5 We'll let this story roll, and I think I bet there, I bet the fucking local news is going to do a horrible job of covering this.
2: We'll see. We shall see. I've only watched half of it.
5: Tonight, Los Gatos City Council members have been forced to return to virtual meetings, but. It's not because of the COVID. KPIX5's Maria Sid Medina joins us live with the chaos in the council chambers. Maria.
1: And Ken, the council members have only had a few meetings in person, but there have been outbursts and boos and a defiance in mask wearing. And now the mayor is issuing a warning.
10: Madam Sayoc, you are not God. This is how the last <laughs> in-personless Gattis Council meeting how ended, dare personal you. attacks against the mayor's son that forced her to call a recess and that were choosing not to air on TV. That does mean, Mr. Schultz, you this isn't appropriate. Authority. But the outbursts mainly toward Mayor Mariko Sayok, were far from the only one by a small group of residents over the last couple of months. Sayok, you are not a mayor. You're a
11: terrorist. I do consider LGBTQ a terrorist organization. Uh,
0: think- what the fuck?
2: You hear that, Dave? You're a terrorist. Okay. Stop, stop doing that alternative sex. <laughs> you, you terrorist. <laughs> LGBT, that LGBTQ plus an organization, not just terrorists. It's a terror. LGBTQ plus is a terrorist organization. (laughs) I think it's unanimous, Mayor. No, it's not. Officer
11: Paul, this is my meeting. I gave you three minutes.
2: That's a call, by the way
11: to allow other people speaking
2: speak. in public comment Ms. Sheehan, please keep it above your nose we know your ultimate goal is to silence the opposition Ms. Sheehan, please Living keep your, your mask on life. president
10: cindy sheehan accused mayor sayok of leading a smear campaign against her and her teen but it all came to a head when she and another woman made offensive remarks about sayok's
11: son Mr. Mr. Schultz, can you remind the public that we are the elected officials and there's no need to harass minors in our community?
10: After more than a year of virtual meetings during the pandemic, council members returned to the council chambers in August. But after just four chaotic meetings, went back to Zoom. Last week, the mayor gave out this warning for anyone who comments about non-public officials again. Please be advised that if you fail to
11: heed this advice, you will be muted and potentially cited.
5: Um, Maria, do you know why this group is so upset with the mayor? That's number one. And is anyone saying anything to you tonight about who they represent? Well, what is their beef?
1: Yeah, you know, we tried to reach out to these residents, including Miss Sheehan, and I was able to get a hold of her. She said she had no comment and then hung up on me. The residents have said during the meeting that they believe that the mayor has has ties to hate groups and that she is non-inclusive. And by the way, we did try to reach out to the mayor as well, and she did not respond to us. And we
5: heard we heard the one woman say that she felt that LGBTQ is a terrorist group. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and and she, didn't that she doesn't uh, mean uh, that uh, those who are part of the community are terrorist groups, but that the organization uh, is a terrorist group, and and she said that
2: because she believes that
1: uh, the mayor, who is an executive director for a counseling organization for kids, uh, told her child that she could turn into a boy so kind of a complicated uh issue there but it sounds like there are several issues that these mm. people have with the mayor
2: and what a lot of issues with that they have
5: politics and running the city I, I don't think we'll find out maria thank you for that
2: uh, only in Las gatos
0: well it's just a beautiful place this is <clears throat> this is fucking crazy that's all this is fucking crazy like this is yep. the shit we're seeing up in Shasta County. The thing is, like, um, this ain't gonna play in Los Gatos for very long. I don't think. I don't think the most. I think the there's a lot of fucking rich people there who don't want none of this smoke, right? There's a lot. There's there's just a lot of rich people there. I don't know. There's maybe a little more conservative there than the rest of the area, but it's still gonna be uh, you know fairly heavily Democrat voting area. And there's just a lot of these rich people up there. I'm telling you, they don't want none of this shit.
2: And a lot of VIPs and elected officials who are actually coming out and and, and standing up and doing something and trying to silence this shit. But um, the sad thing is that it didn't happen in real time. So like right, when uh, all this shit was going down, these people... So what what actually riled these people up about the LGBTQ plus organization terrorist organization is that the city um, was voting on an inclusion, like an a inclusiveness policy, right? And... and uh, a resolution on diversity equity and inclusion and they were voting to um sanction a rainbow crosswalk right in los gatos somewhere um for painting a rainbow crosswalk that's what riled all these people up in the first place um so they've been protesting at city council or town council they've now taken protests to the council members in the mayor's house so they're protesting um within uh Uh, sanctioned limits of her house and actually, you know, uh, uh, taking everything there to her home. And in this last round, what they didn't, well, they weren't willing to to put on TV was uh, that they were actually outing her son, who is uh, LGBT, who is queer. Uh, but is not was not outed to his friends at school uh, to his classmates at all but it was only outed to his his mom and in certain circles and apparently they found some social media post or something that um that they uh insinuated you know had uh you know labeled him as queer so they they went ahead and outed him during public comment um to the entire world so now apparently her son is afraid to go back to school because of bullying and all sorts of other crap um and you know this and the uh, the mayor's husband, who was at the meeting when this happened, ended up in a shouting match and a push-shoving match in the lobby. Um, and of course, Cindy Sheehan and her folks are accusing him of being reckless and being, you know, out of control and 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 uh, breaking the law. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really sad state of affairs. But it's exactly right. It's exactly what we've been seeing in other they, places in Shasta. and it just happens to be happening right here in our backyard. Did they and, call uh,
0: him what I think they called him during the meeting? Because I'm guessing that this is that the, the thing ooh. they wouldn't
2: air probably um that probably that or, but it was also the thing just to further you know his he was called up by name right and and specifics were, were were mentioned so I just don't think that they wanted to further you know victimize him by repeating it right and, and and playing the video of it but I can yeah I can definitely imagine the the words that were used to describe him um and the mayor herself, to her credit, was you know trying to still run a you know run a meeting, right, run an efficient meeting, and and, and move things along, despite the fact that she was being traumatized like this. And none of her other fellow council members, you know, Democrats, whatever, Republicans, progressives, people who are running for higher office, even, none of her fellow council members stepped up in the moment and said, "Fuck you, shut up, get out of the room," you know, like you you are you can't you can't do this. Like with well, the the rules of decorum say you cannot do this, you know, shut up, stop you know, don't do this. Um, none of them said that they just sort of sat back and let her just get crushed. Um, um, and she, I mean, she finally did shut down the meeting, but uh, you know, the, the, from what I've heard all they all said, well, you know, we just don't need to respond because they're just crazy and whatever they say, you know, you know, it's, it's not, it, it is what it is. You know, we don't, we don't need to respond or stop it in the real time. We'll just let them have their peace and then they'll go away.
4: Just
0: real quick, MX Vivian Wolf is in our chat. Another streamer. Shout out to Vivian, super cool person. Interested in okay. the same kind of QAnon and conspiracy stuff we're into. um What I'm thinking is that a lot of these people were part of this save the children shit like a year ago or a year and year and three months ago, and now here they are like going into a city council meeting and like essentially harassing uh, um you know a, probably a high school age child like on the record and um and at a place that I could ride my fucking bike to. And that like really, really, really fucking sucks. And I don't know, like you can't, <clears throat> like you can't prevent these people from going to the meetings. You can't prevent them from speaking their mind. But I also think that this is going to be a slightly different scenario than what's going on up in Shasta County because I think these people will be shunned in their community for their behavior. Uh, I don't think that, like I said, Los Gatos is right next to the city I live in, pretty liberal place, and people don't we don't play that shit. Yeah. And you know. <clears throat> I'm keeping an eye on those faces cause I'm a sometimes called the mayor of Campbell Avenue. And, uh, if I see them out there, I, you know, I'm not going to break any laws or anything, but I'll be like, Hey, you know, I've seen your behavior at the Los Gatos city council. And I think you can go fuck yourself, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like leave that, leave them kids alone. You know, it's, yeah. this is, <clears throat> this is one of those things that is driven by the remnants of QAnon. This, especially when they were talking about, um, there was some mention of, I guess the, the mayor, Is involved with some uh, organization that helps uh, queer youth. I don't know the exact nature of it, but I guess one of them was mad that uh, somebody at that organization had told people that um, you know if somebody is a girl, they could become a boy, or a boy, they could become a girl. And this is just all that shit. We've been seeing this. We've been seeing this at the fuck. we have been seeing this, at the QAnon rallies, they're telling people to get involved in their local government, but they're like getting involved in your local government. Doesn't mean going and screaming at the fucking people at the, at the city council or like harassing their children or fucking like, that's not getting involved in local politics. I know, but that's, that's what they The QAnon people meant at these fucking rallies. Like Mike Flynn was saying that shit. Fucking Sebastian Gork has been saying that shit on his show. All these people like fucking James Lindsay and Chris Rufo are running around freaking the fuck out about critical race theory are also telling people to go harass their local, the local government meetings. If you have a beef with someone, if you have a personal beef with someone who's uh, an elected official, you can still handle it uh, outside of the the realm of um, the city council meeting. You can contact them as an individual. You can, if you think they've broken a law, you can contact law enforcement. If you think that there's a civil action, you can file a civil action against them. But it's not like there's a whole lot of shit for the Los Gatos city council to be worried about right now. So it's not like they're disrupting what, you know, mega important business, you know, it's like, well, yeah. Waz wants to build a 50 foot statue and we're not sure about that. And, you know, I mean, <clears> that's <throat> that kind of place. But if they're mad about a rainbow crosswalk, they can go fuck themselves. I'll go take pictures of my, I'll go take pictures of myself kissing you on that rainbow crosswalk. I don't give a fuck. fuck Absolutely. Those people. I'm fuck. down. Let's, let's do it. Me, you and um, HK can just go there and make out. It'll
2: be hot. We, oh, fucking hey, man. I've grabbed some crotch for this shit. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, but, but seriously, they can, you know, um, th- this has escalated, right? So we actually covered Cindy Sheehan previously on down ballast. She was the one out on Los Gatos, was it university or, or uh, Santa Cruz Avenue in Los Gatos, the main drag. She was the one out there, you know, doing the pro-Trump stuff and screaming at people and getting screamed at herself. Remember, I think we we had this story not too long ago, maybe during the election. Um, so it's now escalated. Now she's, you know, they lost. And so now she's coming in to, to take it to the next level. Um, and they can absolutely, the, the mayor can absolutely set a policy and, and, and shut down any kind of speech like this, any kind of crap like this, that's not pertinent to what's going on. Um, and it's, it's personally attacking, right. And, and liable even in some, in some cases, They, they can shut it down. They can, they can even ban these people from coming back to, to meetings and coming to live meetings and get restraining orders against them. Um, the odd thing is that Cindy Sheehan got a restraining order against the mayor's husband, who she accuses of attacking her, which is just hilarious. Um, so all he needs to do is just you know come to city council meetings, and then she can't come anywhere near them, right? Vice versa. Um, I think there's stuff carved actually, out. I think there's stuff carved.
0: I think there's stuff carved out of um like restraining orders for things like that.
2: Yeah. You know, well, regardless, they can actually, they absolutely can shut her down, and they can ban people from these meetings um, just by city policy. So they're they're actually instituting those policies now. They should have had them before, but. Um, and uh there there uh, there are calls for um potential slander and, and libel issues. Um and now they're actually like I said, protesting out front of her house and um you know, yelling at her son from outside the house and things like that. So there there may be some criminal criminal penalties coming down the pike. Um but yeah, this is disgusting that it happens right down the street. So once they get back to in person meetings, producer Dave, I will absolutely roll down there with you. Um but for now you can join them on Zoom and you can show support for the mayor and we're we're asking everyone I wouldn't I if, to do if, so
0: if there's a zoom meeting and it seems to be going normally, I think it would be actually really bad for him. It would look bad on me if I, if I trudged this shit up just to tell them that like I support her and and her family and stuff, I think it would be inappropriate actually. But I do think if you live, if you live locally and you uh, don't like this, it is, would not be the worst idea in the world for you to join them zoom meetings because then people fucking come on, start talking their shit. The, 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 if the, if the impression is that there's no one there saying the opposite, then it looks like the people that are doing this are in the majority. Yes. And, and that's just not true. And I think yeah. that, uh, I think that once this, as this gets bigger and it starts to get more media coverage, especially if it starts to get national media coverage, I think the people that are doing this are going to be shunned in their community. I think I the business so. owners will tell them to leave. I think that, um, you know, especially the bars and restaurants there will tell them to leave. Um, I think that, you know, I, that's just what's going to end up happening here. They're not going to be able to go and hang out at the bar. They're not going to be able to go hang out at the artisan cupcake shop. So they're just going to be like, no, get out.
2: I sincerely hope so, um, because the but the worst thing they can do is ignore it or try to shove it under the rug and just embolden these people more. Right. So they need to be shut down. They need to be shot down. They need to be reprimanded somehow. They need to be curtailed because this you, is this it's is going to where... escalate. This is where social pressure is very, very, very powerful.
0: Correct. Because Correct. It, it's just these people are not in the majority in Los Gatos. The people in Los Gatos probably overwhelmingly think that either A, they don't give a fuck about the Rainbow Crosswalk, or they like it.
2: Right, right, exactly. So I, it, the more that they're shunned and, and marginalized, the better, and that's really what this show has always sought to do with these folks uh, on any level, is to marginalize them and 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 you know uh, completely deflate their balloon. Um, and that's what we need to do here, deflate the balloon and give them no reason to feel emboldened or like they can continue to do this because it'll only get worse if you don't stop them here at the town council in Las Gadas, right? Where, where is it? Where are they going to end up next? Right. Um, so uh, let's do something. Let's call this out for what it is at the time. And there's racism here. There's ton, there's undertones of white supremacy and all sorts of other bullshit. Um, but uh, yeah, call it out when you see it, especially here. Come on, folks step up this kind Throw of some,
0: this kind of like this kind of like propaganda battle is something i'm pretty good at and i
2: might i might yeah st- i
0: might i might i might stick my nose into this one a little bit because it's literally just you. up the road a piece from me here and i don't i don't want to see that i don't want to see this shit coming to my my town next
2: it's very down balady this is that the story is the ultimate of why we're here really i think so so we'll, we'll keep it We we will definitely be keeping tabs on it guaranteed uh, the good wife and i have been attending the zoom count, town council meetings just to keep keep tabs on folks and keep an eye out so Stay tuned. They are dealing with some very uh, controversial ha- housing issues in Los Gatos, so <laughs> there are there are things for them to discuss at some point. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, moving on to the down the recall watch portion of down ballot recall watch. Um, so there is actually a recall coming. It looks like signatures have been submitted, and it looks like Chesa Boudin, uh, the San Francisco DA, is going to be facing a recall election, um, in 2022 of some sort. Um, but uh, NBC Bay Area has a little uh, expose story on the whys and the wherefores and how it all happened, and it's a two-parter. So we get we get a couple, a couple clips in a row here about uh the background behind this. But I think that the theme you're going to see is that Chesa was elected as we covered, to institute change, right, reform, progressive reform, criminal justice reform, and the powers that be, the criminal justice establishment, are obviously pushing back, and even from within the, within the DA's office, too. So that's what we'll find out more about in this story. Joining
3: us tonight, those two prosecutors who want Chesa Boudin out, Brooke Jenkins and Don Dubain. We also invited the district attorney to join us tonight to respond to the allegations and his potential recall election. The district attorney, Chase Boudin, declined, but instead, joining us from the DA's office is assistant district attorney, Demaris Evans. Demaris, Brooke and Don, thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, let me just start. I, I think we all worst Twitch panel ever here, all four of us. <laughs> uh, we want San Francisco to be better and to be safer. Uh, the city we all fell in love with. I know all three of you want that as well, but it's a matter of how we get there. Uh, DeMorris, let me start with you. Uh, Is Chase Boudin doing a good job? Uh, Just a flat, simple question for you.
9: Yes, absolutely.
3: You see a lot of pushback, not just uh, this last few weeks, but the last several months uh, that he's not within the community. How do you respond to that? How does he respond to that?
9: Um, Chase is doing an excellent job as the DA, and in fact, he has expanded a number of programs for uh, victims and survivors of crime. Um, So the allegations that he is not uh, serious about prosecuting crimes and that he is uh, making San Francisco less safe are just patently false.
3: I'll bring in Brooke and Don in just a moment. But Demoris, Morris, um, let me just start also by, uh, by that number in that report that we had there, 51 attorneys or people in your office have left or been fired. That seems to be a very high turnover. How do you respond to those people that have left? What are your conversations are, are with them?
9: Well, I actually haven't had a direct conversation um, with either Brooke or Don, which is interesting because I'm actually the managing attorney for the restorative justice unit and the collaborative courts. And if either of them thought that alternatives to incarceration weren't being utilized in our office, I would have expected them to have spoken to me about those concerns but neither one of them has ever checked in with me regarding our office's priority of implementing alternatives to uh, the criminal justice system that focus on rehabilitation as well as centering the voices of survivors and victims of crime.
0: Brooke let's bring you in here. One of those two people is feeding back her audio and it's driving me insane.
2: Not you, one yes. of the two one of the people on the show. Oh, God, that's why I turned my mic off because I didn't want to feed back any audio. But yes, no, very much so that <laughs> um it's amazing how the professionals um just struggle with this shit and uh the quote unquote amateurs like you, producer Dave just have um well, like I said, we're gonna have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds.
3: In here, I don't want to get into the weeds of the inner inner politics, uh, inner office politics. Here, uh, was there a street?
2: Sure do that's exactly what you're doing.
3: <laughs> of why you decided to leave this office?
11: Yes, ultimately, the final straw for me uh, came during a, a murder trial that I prosecuted um, a few months ago. Um, where I obtained a guilty verdict in that case and we moved on to a, a, the second phase of that trial where the defense had the burden of proving that the defendant was insane. Uh, when the defendant, when the defense was unable to do that and the jury hung, uh, I agreed with the public defender that we would allow the judge who had overseen the trial to make the ultimate decision based on all of the evidence that he had seen during the trial. Um That public defender then sent an email to me copying Chesa Boudin and attempting to circumvent that agreement and asking that our office simply agree that her client was insane in order for him to avoid prison for this brutal and heinous murder, um, and which would put him in a position to be potentially released back out into the public within a year. Uh, Without ever discussing any of the facts of my case or the evidence or my opinion, Chesa, uh, through an intermediary, directed me to enter into that agreement that the defendant was insane. And I simply was not willing to do that, uh, given the state of the evidence, uh, and I ultimately withdrew from the case. And so at this point...
3: uh, Go ahead, please.
11: At this point, uh, if... The opinions and viewpoints of his most experienced and senior prosecutors are not going to be taken into account uh, when it comes to these types of cases. Uh, It it signals a a major problem.
3: Are you saying, just to be clear here, that Chase Bedeen is allowing violent offenders to walk free without any rehab, without any counseling, without any other repercussions?
11: At times, that is the case. And we have seen that um, the Troy McAllister case in which the two uh, innocent women were were run down in the crosswalk uh, last uh, December 31st is an example of that.
3: Don, really quick, before we go to a commercial break right. here, I want to get you in. You've been a prosecutor for 30 years. You say this office is going in the wrong direction. Why?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because we're not doing it the way uh, I've done it for 30 uh, years. For
12: the same reason that Brooke just stated uh, I don't believe that. Uh, Jason Boudin is taking his responsibility as the chief law enforcement officer of the city seriously. Uh, I don't think his priority is to protect public safety or the victims of crime in San Francisco. I think his priorities are are mostly just to satisfy uh, a political agenda of his um, and to uh, try to create some sort of good public perception of his policies. But in fact, um the actual management of the office is uh is uh, making San Francisco a lot more dangerous. Demoris, I'm going to get to you in just a moment
3: back to all three of you we're going to continue our conversation after the short break stay with us.
2: So that's part 1 of this uh exposé but a uh, panel interview. Um it, I mean you're kind of getting the, the drift, right? I mean Cut and former prosecutor basically pissed that chesa doesn't want, doesn't want to do it their way the, and the way it's always been done and that seems to be that seems to be the entire beef behind this this thing so I the gal i don't, don't see <clears throat> the gal
0: kind of avoided the question because he said you know the the interviewer was asking clearly in relation to the uh the case that she was talking about like oh is Chessa budine letting people uh, go is the office letting violent people go <clears throat> my understanding is if you end up with an affirmative like uh insanity if that's like your thing is like an affirmative defensive insanity you don't just walk out of the fucking courtroom you go to a mental hospital that is a jail
2: yes no you go to you get and you or or you go to jail and you get you go to a place that has treatment facilities right and you're you're put into special population but yeah you're not going you're not walking home from that um uh, especially not within a year um especially if it's a violent crime and anyone who commits a violent crime, like a lot of these, it, it, um, <clears throat> what you hear about a lot with these <clears throat> criminals who are re-released, right, especially with regards to immigration and these folks who were undocumented getting re-released, it's because they're getting picked up for petty crimes in the first place, right? They're getting picked up for petty crimes, they're released on their own recognizance, or they, they post bail for the petty crime. Um. And then they go and commit a violent crime later, but it's not as though that they were they committed a violent crime and then they were released, and so that they were they had some sort of record of being a violent criminal, right? And they were put back on the street. Yes, you know, uh, there is theory theory that would say crime escalates, right? And if it's not checked, blah 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 blah. But it, when it comes down to it, most of these folks aren't violent at the time that they are put through the system, and that's kind of the point: is to not make them, for, you know, to further enhance that that violent potential by putting them into jail or putting them into these carceral situations. That's the whole idea, right? And as far as p- fulfilling a political agenda, I'm sure that the um, the assistant DA who's who's there to defend we will say it at some point in this next clip. But when it comes to um, you know political agenda, yeah, he has a political agenda. It's the agenda that the people of San Francisco elected him to fulfill. Right? He was he was elected DA, so. The people of San Francisco liked what he was selling. He wasn't making any pretense about being a tough-on-crime, old-school DA, right? He was talking about reform and uh, centering uh, victims and all of these things throughout his campaign. So if you voted for that and they voted for that, that's what they want. So the people want that. And if that's a political agenda, then that's what it is. But I don't I don't see anything wrong with fulfilling the agenda that you set out to accomplish uh, when you ask people to vote for you. Well, let's get to part two. Kinda like, let's do this.
3: Welcome back to NBC Bay Area News tonight. Ten minutes. We're talking about the problems in San Francisco. may not Francisco. get the whole How thing blame in. blame should be placed we'll, on we'll, the DA, Chase Today, organizers of the recall campaign announced they've gathered more than 83,000 signatures. Those signatures still have to be verified, but it should be enough to force a recall election next June. Let's continue our conversation now with two former prosecutors who recently resigned from Chase Boudin's office, Brooke Jenkins and Don Dubain. We're also joined by Assistant District Attorney uh, Demaris. Evans. Evans. Thanks nice to have all of you staying with us through the break here. Uh, DeMorse, let's get to you here. Pretty serious uh, comments from your former colleagues here saying that um, you often or occasionally will let criminals walk right through the door without any repercussions. Uh, I'll let you respond to that.
9: Yes, um, thanks so much, Raj. And first, I want to respond to Ms. Jenkins' representation about the um, case where the insanity um, defense was raised and Those um, statements were just false. Three out of four doctors found this person to be insane, including two court-appointed doctors. And uh, Ms. Jenkins isn't indicating and, and letting folks know that the victim's own family strongly supported a finding of insanity. So it was only after the jury hung seven to five in favor of insanity Um, and other factors that uh, the DA intervened in this case. Uh, So on the one hand, there's claims that the DA is not favoring what victims want. But then on the other hand, when we have this case where the victim's family uh, strongly desired an insanity plea, there's complaints that that's what ultimately happened. In this case, we listened to the victims and we did what they wanted. And there's still complaints, which just shows that, this is just something to complain against the um, Chase Boudin's administration's ultimate goals, which is re- reform, which is reform of the criminal justice system. And, and that means relying on alternatives to incarceration. So these prosecutors, it's not about whether or not he's doing a good job, it's just their opposition to his platform of having alternatives to incarceration. It's absolutely untrue okay, that Don, we don't have alternatives and that we're not using rehabilitation again i was hired specifically to work in the restorative justice unit and again if there was a claim that we were not allowing folks to engage in rehabilitation or other alternatives then that claim should have come directly to me if uh, the two prosecutors were concerned about public safety and whether or not folks were having access to rehabilitation services Um, then that would have come directly to me. Those allegations are just clearly false.
3: Don, can you understand the frustration from just people living in San Francisco, hearing both sides of this, that you all used to work together, uh, yet we still can't find a common ground here? Um, What is the case? Why isn't there better communication within that own department that you worked in for so long?
12: Well, I don't think that either Brooke or I are disagreeing with the value of of restorative justice programs or progressive uh, programs that aim to keep uh, people, especially our youth, out of the criminal justice system and to rehabilitate those who are already involved in the criminal justice system. I don't think either Ms. Jenkins nor I have any uh, qualms about that or any disagreement. In fact, we're very proud to work for an office the San Francisco District Attorney's Office that has a history of progressive district attorneys, including Kamala Harris, our now uh, vice president, as well as George Gascon. Um, so that's really not the issue that uh, Brooke and I are raising. What we're talking about is are the offenders, the criminal offenders who have long histories of violent uh, uh, convictions. Uh, Troy McAllister, who was mentioned by Brooke just uh, just now, Troy McAllister had eight prior felony convictions and was looking at a, a potential life sentence uh, while in custody pending trial For uh, during the five years that George Gascon was the district attorney. Within two months of Chesa taking over as district attorney, he cut a deal with Troy McAllister to release him from custody immediately for the time that he had already served, notwithstanding his eight prior felony convictions, three of which were violent and serious felonies, including two robberies and an attempted carjacking. Chesa cut a deal allowing Troy McAllister out of custody immediately. And within nine months, Troy McAllister was arrested four times, once for residential burglary, uh, three times for car thefts, uh, until the afternoon of December 31st, uh, and, and by the way, was never. Uh, n- none of those arrests did Chase ever file charges by our office against him. And then uh, on the afternoon of December thirty-first, um, Troy McAllister drove downtown into the heart of our city in a stolen vehicle while intoxicated at sixty to seventy miles per hour and struck these two innocent women crossing the street, killing them both. These are the kind of criminal offenders that Brooke and I are uh, believe are not being adequately prosecuted to the full extent of the law by Mr. Boudin. And in fact, Troy McAllister never should have been let out of custody in the first place for that five year sentence time served to be ever able in a position to kill those two innocent women. A lot of people remember that story very If I can jump in, a lot of people yeah, remember that story very well.
9: Flag. It's uh, a complete false
3: flag. It's an argument yeah.
9: that had someone been in prison, they wouldn't have been able to commit crime. That same argument doesn't apply to times. People are released from custody and commit crimes all the time. But the only difference here is you have someone whose administration you don't like, and you want to cast the blame on him. let
3: me jump in here.
0: All right. We get the idea here. That's a, that's a, I don't know, some value to having the panel on there, but I, um, yeah, I don't know enough about this. Um, it sounds like they might've made a mistake, uh, letting this guy out, but I don't know.
2: Like she said, people get out of, you know, they serve their whole sentence and then they commit crimes.
0: So like, what the fuck's the difference?
2: Yeah, you can you can pick nat pick a uh, gnat shit out of pepper anytime you want. If you want to make a point about something, right, you can find some sort of you know find the most extreme circumstance. There's going to be something out there, right? Um, the same argument has come up with when that lady Bambi got shot in Almaden, right? And they they said, oh well, we, how we let this guy go? He was you know undocumented. He should have been deported. And why didn't he get let go? We should have a law that says you know we need to coordinate with ICE. To deport these people right um but it's always when some you know one blonde woman or someone gets shot or hurt or killed or you know um it's an opening for people who don't like someone or don't like an administration like she said right there you don't like what he's doing you don't like what he stands for you maybe you supported susie loftus or his opponent right and you prefer that she would have won because she was an insider district attorney's office insider right running for for da she was the establishment choice she was kamala harris's choice right so maybe you just are upset that you lost and you're trying to find, you're looking for ways to go after this guy. And th- this is one opportunity that could have been, you know, used against anyone else. Right. Um, but you use it here to, to make a case and make a point. And yeah. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it's obvious that they have a game plan just like he has a game plan. Right. And they're trying to execute their game plan. He's just trying to get things done as opposed to worrying about, you know, um, their little beef with him. So hopefully this gets pushed back. Hopefully if it does go to the ballot, it gets rejected. Um, but, uh, Yeah, it's just a shame that we have to go through all this when we could be spending having a more elevated conversation rather than their little beefs from crew cut and his his fellow former prosecutor. So
0: I think the problem that that Boudin might have here is we're not going to have a whole lot of data as to whether or not what he's doing is like working because he hasn't been there for very long, and so. And with uh, COVID happening and whatnot, with like uh, COVID happening, people being stuck at home, domestic violence went up, um, and uh, yeah, primarily domestic violence went up because people who are you know in a violent situation, like they got some um, some respite from it by going to work, and um, and so it's just going to be there. He hasn't been in office long enough, I think, for there to be like really good statistics having been gathered. Like And uh, any of the statistics that have been gathered are going to be like this kind of hack stuff about like uh, domestic abuse. Maybe child abuse has gone up. And um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to hear about that stuff. But there's no like there's no like even medium term like uh, crime statistics that we can that we're going to be able to point to. So it's going to be easy for the people to like um, message against him and his counter message is basically going to have to be. Well, you voted for this reform.
2: I would I need you to vote for it again right i mean we need to stay the course right we need to we need to we're not going to see the results tomorrow or tonight right we need to this is about reforming systems that have been entrenched for decades for 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 centuries right um so to take that apart it's going to take time right it's not going to happen overnight so there is some tr- there is some trust that goes into it and some faith um but you do do what you can you make the changes you can and you try to show progress towards those goals right um so i think he'll have a good case to make when the time comes um Especially if this recall effort moves forward, um, I think he has plenty of case, and he's in it's fresh enough in people's minds why they voted for him too. So, and I don't think this issue is going away. I think that you know criminal justice reform and carceral reform is going to be a big issue pushing a lot of these races. You're going to have a contested race for DA here in Santa Clara County that's going to have a lot of those same issues at, at play with the quote unquote progressive establishment Democratic district attorney now getting challenged by a. Uh, a uh, much more progressive social justice oriented reformer right from the public defender's office so and getting a lot of support for it so um we could see a pretty significant and similar race here in san jose very soon
0: do you recall uh chess's margin
2: of victory was it substantial It was not substantial. It took, it was, I believe it was ranked choice. And, but he ended up, I think he won the first ballot and the the remaining ballots, but it was close. It was not at all a a runaway. Um, But again, he was running against an establishment um, candidate uh, and who was supported by the former DA who had left, you know, and and Kamala Harris and everyone and their brother in labor. So he ran against the the establishment and won. So um, I have, I'm confident that he can run a good enough campaign to defeat the recall, but it was a tight race. It was.
0: So I think it's, <laughs> some of it might come down to like, what does the, you know, what do other city leaders do here? Like is, uh, is London yeah. breed going to have his back? Um, yeah. you know, Peskin, is Peskin going to have his back. Like, you know, some of the people we've covered on here, whose name I would never fucking know without this show are other right. regional leaders going to have his back or other DAs from other, other localities, the DA for, you know, Alameda County, Santa Clara County. Um, what's above the, what is it? Um, uh, like Napa or Marin Tim, County is like right Tim, above Tim, them. Yeah like that's yep. and, and that's gonna be interesting to see all, how all that shakes out because as much as this is a
2: local san francisco issue i think it's going to it has the potential to be like a regional mm-hmm. issue yeah it could have legs even national um because this these these kind of issues are playing out everywhere there was a there was a da's race in, in new york that had someone that came down along similar lines right um it was a
0: fucking no it was a
2: police chief i forget
0: it means who, was a police chief race or was the Some mayor like, no. no it was the mayor well, it, well, it, no, it was the it was the mayor of new well, york the, yeah the
2: former police officer ran for mayor or a former or a police captain ran for and won for mayor in new york but there was also a da's race there um for one of the like for queens i think da um because they have a, a different da for each borough they're that big um uh and uh the challenger i think did not make it um in the end so um the establishment won um but these races are playing out nationally, so we're gonna hear we'll hear a lot more about this, I think. And I think our race in Santa Clara County is gonna draw a lot of attention as well, too. That's so great. watch out, Jeff Rosen.
0: <clears throat> well we'll see, we'll see what we'll see how it shakes out. If it was kind of close, I fear I fear that a lot of times recall elections are um low turnout elections. Yes. And the people yeah.
2: that are mad are most likely to turn out. It's true. Um so it's gonna require, just like it did with Gavin, getting the the rational people fired up right the people that voted for him again fired up again to get out and vote and to turn this back so
0: and there may Which just we'll be Who and in the cities and stuff too after what happened with the uh, gavin newsom recall there may just be some kind of larger momentum against recalls um i'm yeah. seeing i see it in my chat all the time they're like oh california you're having another recall great you know and it's like it's like yeah. oh you know yeah actually and Maybe people are maybe maybe there's going to be people that are just mad at the fucking process that we're that we're having to do another fucking recall
2: uh, of sure. another you know, people in San level. Francisco
0: are going to be like mad enough at that that maybe that will uh, like play into this too.
2: Yeah, there's a practical side of it with the with the money that's spent and the time and the resources that are spent when we have elections, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I think you, that can certainly that will certainly be another argument that is used against it for sure when it comes when time comes. That's my, That's my favorite. That's my go to argument when it comes to recall. It's like we have elections. Um, did this person commit a crime? No, you're wasting our money, like you're wasting our time. Even, you know, Republicans, people that wouldn't necessarily sympathize with Chase Boudin, might be by be sympathetic to that argument that you're wasting my tax dollars on this bullshit recall. So the five Republicans in San Francisco will vote
0: against it, right? And if this goes down again, if like if like all the like the the two out of the three uh, people they were trying to recall up in Shasta, they didn't get the signatures. Austin Bennett's mm-hmm. never gotten enough signatures for anything when he's tried to recall Senator Pan and if this goes national and it goes down again i think there'll be a pretty strong um there'll be a pretty strong like trend against recalls in california and i think we may end up getting some recall reform down
2: the road as a result wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice well we will we'll will keep a track on that in down in recall watch we will definitely keep our eyes peeled for for any recall reform coming down the pike too
0: Yep. And we got another thing we got. This is this is a this is a cute story. Uh, Thanks for the follow winning machine. That's a cool name. Hope you enjoyed the kitty. Um, We're just going to let this story roll. I think it's kind of a kind of a cool, a nice little story about the Bay Bridge. And usually when we hear about the Bay Bridge on the news, it's either that there was a traffic accident or someone tried to jump. So this is a much better story.
8: All right. You've certainly heard about singing in the rain. How about whistling in the rain? That's actually the bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge produces a whistling sound started ever since the suicide barriers were put in place during the storm. The bridge was really making that whistling strong. It was super strong winds whipping right through the iconic bridge, making that noise.
0: So it was the Golden Gate, these- not the Bay Bridge. But yeah, right. That's kind of cool. Although it would be kind of scary. You might think it's your car, right? If you didn't know what it was, you might think like if you didn't know that it was just like the. A function of the basically the design of the bridge and the wind going through it creating sound like basically whistling you might think there's something wrong with your car you might have some you might think there's some reason to be concerned
2: yes this the cylinders are not cylindering or something that used to happen when cars were not all electric but yeah no uh this this came up uh uh previously but it's it it came back with a vengeance during the rains um it's ironically because of the suicide prevention gates or or grates or what's causing the whistling so so yes even bridges know how to whistle dixie um so uh you know just put your lips together and blow and that's all for down ballot yep you want to read us out uh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us as always. Every Tuesday night, uh, the local shows start at 730 uh, lo- with a down ballot followed by local love. So stay tuned for producer Dave and all the local music ins this evening. Um, and of course, all of the shows, uh, intellectual Dollar Tree, you know, uh, cults in the satanic panic, uh, you know, you name it, the Anchorplex Media covers it. And of course, always stay tuned for the Sunday show. That's where the really juicy stuff happens.
0: Yeah, and just thanks everybody last night. We had a big crowd for a little bit here last night. Uh, If you're not checking out our live shows and you're listening to this podcast, you really should. Or maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I wonder how many people's partners are mad at them because they sit here and watch fucking Diana
2: Pallas yell (laughs)
0: instead of hanging (laughs) out with their
13: family.
2: my partner's definitely waiting for me to come out and hang out with her um tonight so uh <laughs> I know the feeling but I'm so glad to spend some time with you every Thursday night producer Dave
0: right on right on we should do uh we should do an in person one pretty soon here let's do it let's do it cool All this right. is Devil from California it's by Rebels Camp it's uh it's about the police and uh put it on auto DJ after this and I'm gonna switch everything over for uh local love so everybody hang out listen to some cool tunes I don't know pour yourself a drink because that's what I'm gonna do first Devil! Devil! <laughs>